Welcome to a very special Black Cast. I'll be flying solo this week, but I want you to know that we hope to have the whole gang back together by the next episode, hopefully for a big studio episode, as opposed to another one of those on-the-road home podcasts from Agent Starling, Nicole Starling, and Dave the Dog Starling's home. But uh, this week, we have one of those on-the-road ones. I'm here at the Black Cast Bunker. Thousands, hundreds of thousands of feet beneath Mount Blackcast. Now, first up, I'm going to have a guest, a return guest here on the Blackcast. He also appeared with me on the Dennis Miller Show, Brian Wheat from the band Tesla. He was nice enough to take some time away on a rare day off during their tour with Styx and Def Leppard. So we chatted at a hotel on the Sunset Strip earlier this week. Now, we sat down in the hotel restaurant, so there's a lot of ambient noise, and we've done our best to clean up the audio, but it probably isn't up to the standards of what you're used to from us here on the Blackcast, because when you think quality, you think Blackcast. But particularly if you're a fan of the band Tesla, you're definitely going to want to make sure to listen to the segment, because he breaks some pretty great news, some pretty exciting news about some of the future plans that the band has for next year. Now, after that, Little old me, I'm going to be back to talk to you about this past Sunday's Emmy Awards that my wife Heather and I were lucky enough to get the opportunity to attend. Uh, you heard me uh, talk, you will hear me actually, hear me talk to Brian about a little bit of that night. So I'll, I'll give a little bit away during that segment, but uh, there'll be a full wrap up later in the episode. Uh, along with uh, my play-by-play, my rundown on a really cool concert I went to last week by the Hollywood Vampires at the Roxy on the Sunset Strip. So uh, let me take a moment right now, a very important moment, to remind you that our website is blackcast.com. B-L-A-D-T-C-A-S-T is the spelling for all of your Blackcast needs. You can follow us on Twitter, at Blackcast, and you can like The Blackcast on Facebook. But without any further ado, let's listen to my chat with Brian Wheat, bassist for the band Tesla, their website, teslatheband.com. You can like them on Twitter, follow them on Facebook at Tesla Live. Joining me now, Brian Wheat, bassist for the band Tesla. They're currently out on tour with Def Leppard and Sticks. For more information, their website is teslatheband.com. They're on Twitter at Tesla Live. And I've noticed that uh, Brian's personal Twitter, at Brian T. Wheat, where you do a lot on Periscope. Yeah. Brian, welcome back. Uh, let's start right there. So uh, when did you get into Periscope? It's one of those things that I'm only personally just starting to understand yeah. the value of. Probably in the next three weeks, it'll be probably in the next three weeks, it'll be huge, you know? Yeah. Um, actually, uh, I was, uh, we're doing this Monsters of Rock cruise thing. We've done like, the last eight years or right. something. And Larry Moran, the guy that puts it on, he came to the show in Chicago and he had Frank and me doing this Periscope thing. And I went, oh, that's really cool because you can like, you can broadcast, you can have your own little thing, you know? Yeah. Where FaceTime is only one-on-one. Right. This thing, you can, even though you can't see him, I mean, I have like 80 viewers the other night at one time, which is pretty cool. And I just get on there and talk a load of rubbish. And, but last night I was on there on my way to the forum because it was a historic gig, you know? And uh, people, you know, it's a good way to, you know, keep in touch with your, your fans or friends or whatever you want. Yeah, I've noticed a lot of people, a friend of the show, uh, another comedian, uh, Norm MacDonald, he'll just answer people's questions while he's like walking to things, you know, yeah, he's yeah. like, oh, I'm, I'm where I'm going now, so yeah. uh, see you next time. See you next time. And yeah. it's kind of a cool thing, yeah, and so you did it yeah. on the way to the forum. No, so I did, cool. and it was cool, you know, it was in the SUV, you know, screws in, my wife was in the back, because she's like queen of the social media, <laughs> my wife's on Twitter, Instagram, hologram, hologram. Snapchat, all that shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? She's into all of it. And I tell her, you know, like you need to quit that shit and like, you know, do something around the house. And she does loads around the house. I'm just joking. But she, so I turned her onto it because she's usually turning me on to stuff. So I was actually first. You were you were ahead of the curve. I was yes, I was the top one. Yeah. Now, uh, the last time that I talked to you was uh, before the latest album Simplicity came out, and. I asked you about it, and probably most interviews, people want to hear kind of the, hey, where'd the name Tesla come from, and a little bit of a summary, because, uh, you know, you've had albums like Great Radio Controversy and songs like Edison's Medicine, so 
was there any interest in this subject before there was a band or was it like, hey, Tesla's cool and then you kind of looked more into it? Or what's the timeline on, you know? Absolutely not. <laughs> Absolutely not. I we love know, that. We didn't know one thing about it at all. Um, so when we were making the first record, we were called City Kid. Oh, okay. Okay. And Tom Zutap, the guy that signed us, and David Geffen, and our managers, Cliff and Peter from Q Prime, were like, you can't put out this kind of record and call the band City Kid. So while we were recording, they said, you have to come up with a name. Chrissy Hine actually tried to help us one day in Jeff's studio, and she had some really interesting names. I, I bet she did. She was funny, too. She, you know, she was cool. But... So, us being super lazy like we always are, uh, couldn't come up with a name. So, Cliff and Tom came to a barbecue as we were finishing the record, just enough to mix it. And um, so, we got a name for your band. We said, cool, what is it? And they go, Tesla. And we're like, what's that? <laughs> what does that have to do with anything? You know, yeah. That sounds like a girl's name or something, you know? Uh, and then they said, you know, he was this inventor, and he did all these really cool things. He was kind of a rebel and an underdog, and, and uh, we kind of could relate to that, you know, because we were always kind of underdogs. I think we still are to this day. We're very, uh, how can I put it? We, we are not super mainstream in the thick of everything, you know. So we always kind of felt that we were kind of underdogs. And yeah, I think that's a great way to put it. I mean, still yeah. underdogs. I mean, I mean you we know, can kick your ass. Absolutely. We're, for we're like that little underdog guy. We got the kill. Like, <laughs> the actual underdog character. Yeah, yeah, you'd look at us and you wouldn't think that we would be able yeah. to open up a can with us on it. But so we related to that. And then uh, then we kind of found out about Tesla. Tom Zutat gave us all this book, uh, Man Out of Time. It said, I'm going to give you a quiz. And whoever answers all the questions right gets a hundred dollars. Hey, and I think Jeff actually got the hundred bucks. <laughs> but you know, funny stories. Uh, speaking of Tesla, the name and all that stuff. I find, we've finally been in touch with Elon Musk. Yeah, I was actually going to mention that because the last time I talked to you, I was uh, we had a brief part of the conversation was how has the Tesla Motor Company company never made any connection? But I saw on uh, Twitter and on your website, teslaband.com, there was a picture of Elon Musk in, in an old uh, – yeah, it looked like a pretty early one, maybe yeah. like a great radio controversy. Yeah. Exactly what it was. Yeah. So I was like, he's, he's got an older Tesla shirt than even I do. I've got a you know, psychotic supper shirt that I wear every uh, opportunity, every once in a while. But uh, so uh, yeah, so talk so, a little bit about that. So what he's, happened he's, was he's at least a little bit more on board right. than before. No, yeah. So I saw this a friend of mine sent me a picture of this. Look, you should reach out to him. And I'm like, well, we did, you know, like I told you, you know, when the car company came out in '06 or whatever it was, we reached out. So he's not the easiest guy to get a hold of. But lo and behold, we did actually. Uh, I was able to get a hold of uh, his executive assistant. Okay, that's cool. He came down to the gig the other night at the shoreline. We sent him a big box of Tesla T-shirts and two laminates, and she brought us a bunch of Tesla motor company shirts. And at shoreline the other night, I had on a Tesla. Motor car T-shirt. So now he's got a picture of me with a Tesla motor car shirt. <laughs> I love it. And you know the 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 plan is to someday soon we're gonna go meet him at this studio at his uh, factory. Right. And uh, we'll get a picture of him wearing one of our shirts and the five of us wearing one of his shirts. So you know we are uh, developing a, a relationship. It's cool because we really dig what he's doing. Over yeah, no, I mean, it's very cool. Like super cool, interesting. Yeah, my uh, my wife's boss actually has a Tesla. She's mm. driven it uh, for her boss, you know, within the last couple of years. And it sounds like just an amazing vehicle just to even sit in. So, and then you read all about everything that uh, Elon Musk is doing. It's it's and fascinating. It's rocket stuff. Yeah, right, exactly. So, you know, that helps. I told, I told the system I want to ride on the rocket ship. <laughs> And she said, right, I think he does that. 
that's uh, the Virgin guy. Oh, yeah, uh, Branson. Yeah, yeah. Richard Branson. Well, we're not called virgins. So. No, no. That uh, yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, you talked about being underdogs and surprising people and kicking ass, but if you guys were called the virgins, that probably wouldn't have helped. Yeah, it wouldn't be. Pro- true. Probably wouldn't. Probably wouldn't have been true. Wouldn't, probably I probably was, wouldn't have been ar- be around almost I was thirty years later. Like in '89. <laughs> <laughs> so. uh, well, as uh, as we uh, mentioned in, in passing earlier, uh, you guys are uh, out on tour right now with Sticks and Def Leppard. Uh, talk about how, first of all, this is not the first time you've been out on tour with Def Leppard. No. Talk about the, the last time and, you know, what those guys were like then and, you know, are they pretty much the same guys now, even though they're, you so, know, infinitely huger than they were the yeah, first time. Yeah, but you got to gotta realize the first time I met them, they were doing Hysteria. Right, that's true. Yeah, they we were did already. the Hysteria tour. Yeah. And that was the biggest record of their career. Yeah. Uh, although I think, you know, touring wise they've never lost a beat yeah you know um, so we did the whole Hysteria tour in 87 88 um, and then we did a couple of shows them in I think 04 so this was like 30 years yeah the first time and uh, they're the same guys they always been. they're very cool they're like you know we're like cousins oh that's great you know I mean it's like you know, there's no airs about those guys. Super cool guys like us. And, you know, we hang out in each other's dressing rooms and, and do all kinds of stuff. And so, not, and not only do you, do uh, people who go to the show get you guys and Def Leppard, but uh, as we mentioned, Sticks is there. And you know, people that I know who saw the tour earlier, you know, back on the East Coast. They didn't know what they were going to get when they saw Sticks, but they talk about how the show just, you know, from the time you guys start to the end of Def Leppard, it's just great all the way through. So just kind of talk about that combination of, of these, you know, you go and see three great bands all on well, the same I night. Today, I, and I think the reason the show is doing so well is it's about the whole show. It's not about just one band. And, you know what I mean? So people are buying these tickets because, like you said, from the time we go on to the time Leopard quits, it's three great bands playing their great song, and it's just like a night of great songs. Everyone's throwing fastballs. Yeah, you know, everyone's on their A game. So, and we all keep each other on our toes. You know, we got to go on before Sticks and Leopard. And Sticks has got to go on after us and before Leopard. Right. And Leopard's got to go on after both of us. So, it keeps us all very sharp, and you know, that nice competitive edge, you know, like, okay, who's going to kick whose ass tonight? Right. And I know the uh, the tour's uh, winding down uh, over the next couple of weeks, but there's still a few more dates, so people could look at tesladan.com. And uh, there's a kind of a big notice there on the website, I noticed, it's make sure that people arrive early because yeah. you guys, you know, you go on first. It's not mm-hmm. like there's a fourth band before you, so no. if people want to make sure they see it. We they go can't, on it. can't hang out in the parking lot for a couple we hours. We go on at 6.54 every night. 6.54? Wow. That's so we can play an extra song in the morning five minutes early. Oh, that's great. We're meant to go on at 7, so be there at 6.54. Yeah. You know, um, sometimes, and it, ha- it hasn't happened much because people do get there early. I mean, by the time we, when we go on, I would say it's 70% full. Oh, okay. By the time we are off, it's full. Right. So, so in, in a lot of cases where you see three bands, you know, people are out there and they're yeah. straggling in during the second. But with this, it's like no one's messing around out there. They just come in and yeah. early. So people get there early because uh, it's a great show. It's worth it. You know, I mean, it's funny because I've, uh, I always try to be aware of you know, the bands I want to see when they're going to be on. A lot of times you can find out from the venue. But uh, last summer I was at uh, uh, Molly Crew and Alice Cooper played at the Hollywood Bowl. And uh, you know, Molly Crew's great, but I love Alice Cooper. So I was like, I'm getting there early. early. Yeah, of course. I was I was there early, but uh, there was a guy who that the shirt he had on was an Alice Cooper shirt, and uh, he did not get there early. And he just figured he just figured he was about to start. And I'm like, oh, oh no, that's 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 uh, over now. Yeah, they, you, you missed that. So, uh, but you're gonna see Molly Crow. So, and it's it's funny how people will just you know obviously LA there's traffic, but a lot of times it's just people are around or they. Don't even go inside, or if it's an indoor venue, you're like, ah, I hear noise off in the distance. That can't possibly be the band I came to see, though. So, uh, you know, it's uh, it's 
you got to make sure you see what you want there. Now, so anyway, so uh, you guys played at the forum, the new forum here in Los Angeles yeah. last night. Is this the first time you guys have had a chance to play at the forum since it reopened? Yeah, it's the first time we've played the forum ever. Oh, really? I didn't. Yeah. Re- you said it was historic. I didn't realize it was that historic. Yeah, it was, and, and you know, it was, the place is great. Yeah, I've, I've been there a couple times and saw that were played there last year. Oh yeah, Aerosmith. I saw them there with Kiss last year. Yeah, yeah. Aerosmith. So I've been you know throughout the backstage and the forum. Sure. The guys in the band had, and you know, they gave us these really cool bags last night. It's like huge bags with a set of earphones in it, a jawbone, and a tequila. Nice. I mean, it's like, it's truly the nicest gig in America. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's, it's unbelievable. It, the it's, service is tough. And, uh, you know, it's uh, for our listeners who don't know, the forum, when it reopened, they remodeled it so that it's only for concerts. It yeah. used to be for basketball, hockey games, whatever. It's uh, purely a music venue. And it's venue. made such a huge difference. In terms of indoor venues of that size, I don't know one that I've heard, you know, <laughs> I'm certainly not a, a, a musician, but uh, as somebody who goes to a lot of concerts, I've never heard an indoor venue sound that good. And I was at the same shows you were talking about last year. I saw Aerosmith with Slash, and I saw uh, Kiss and Def Leppard. And I had seen them other places on the same tour, and it's like, yeah, it just doesn't sound as good. No, the sound is amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Last night was the best I heard Def Leppard sonically. Oh, great. And I did the see Sticks because I was backstage with, I had met two guys in a band that I've been wanting to meet these guys since their second record came out. And it was uh, the guys in My Chemical Romance. Oh, cool. Yeah, so cool. Mike just hanging out. and yeah. Ray, I got a hold of them. We finally met and we hit it off. So I was hanging out with them the whole whole night. And then we went out and watched Leopard. So oh, cool. I'm sure Sticks sounded amazing. Yeah. Well. Well, uh, we're here in, in Hollywood, and uh, this is a, a moment for me to give a, a huge uh, asshole Hollywood-style complaint, because uh, the reason I wasn't able to go to the show last night at the Forum is uh, because I had had to uh, go to the Emmy Awards, because my wife works for the show Mad Men, it got nominated, and I was like, you're kidding, that's when the Emmys are. I didn't, you know, I, when I saw this date announced on the concert, uh, you know, the, 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 this concert announced on the schedule, I'm like, great, I'm going to go that night. Mm-hmm. And then Mad Men got nominated for more Emmys, I'm like, oh, I think I have to wear a tuxedo that night. And, and Did you? Yeah, yeah. Wait, did your wife win? Uh, they did not win, but oh. uh, John Hamm, the uh, main actor in the show, he did win. And it was the final season of the show, so it was, it was a big night for my wife and everybody she worked with. And uh, I was like, but no one felt sorry for me. I'm like, oh, I got to go to the Emmys. I have to miss the yeah, Tesla oh, Def Leppard concert. Yeah, exactly. I'm still waiting for anybody who feels sorry for me. You can tweet I feel me. Sorry. Thank you. Finally, uh, somebody. You nice. Thank you. I appreciate it. So, uh, was there a big party afterwards? Yeah, there. Well, we got to go to the Governor's Ball next door, which is oh. kind of cool. I'd always heard about it. You know, uh, Wolfgang Puck does a specific menu uh one thing that was different was that uh, andre bocelli was there and performed like three Dude, songs my wife loves it yeah and my wife started filming it i'm like oh i didn't know you liked it she's like no no my dad's gonna love this so she filmed it for her dad and it was great they wouldn't serve it serve you any drinks they wouldn't bring you any food you just watch. sat and watched and i'm like that's great because at a dinner like that there's usually the crazy yeah, that stuff guy tickets faster than Paul McCartney. Yeah, I don't, I don't doubt it for a second. And it was like, you know, you're going to have dinner at this after Emmy's party, essentially, and you're like, oh, and now Andre Bocelli. You know, you're just like, what What well, happened? How about next year you get Tesla? Yeah. After the well, Emmys, right? I think and that now, would be great. ladies and gentlemen, Tesla. Tesla. And Acoustic for the dinner crowd. Well, see, yeah, exactly. It'd, be, it'd definitely play better with the dinner crowd. Uh, yeah. yeah, and uh, you know, so I was uh, I was hoping to make it to one of the shows uh, later this week, but then uh, life dictates that I can't. So I appreciate you uh, taking some time to talk to me today on your off day, by the way. You can fly to Phoenix. I I said that to my wife. I have tickets. You have tickets to Phoenix. Yeah, I have no, not plane tickets. No, no, no. Tickets I, for the show. That would be hysterical though. If you're like, no, actually, I have a briefcase full of plane tickets. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I you sell know. them. <laughs> Uh, Elon and us are starting an airline, yeah. Yeah, the, the Tesla airline. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, but uh, it, by all accounts, it uh, was a great show last night, and I'm sure it's a great show. The rest of the the rest of the tour, where everybody else can go, 
uh, like you said, uh, Phoenix is coming up, and I know Albuquerque, Denver, yeah. st- a couple of big places like Lake City. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, no, 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 you know, everyone's playing really, really well right now. That's great. Yeah. No, and uh, I, uh, I'm glad that the, the tour is doing well because, you know, look, a lot of tours go out and you think that maybe they'll do better than they do. And, uh, you know, then you go and you're like, wow, there's a lot of empty seats, you know. Yeah, so. This thing has been, we've been averaging. 12 to 14,000. Oh, that's great. Yeah, yeah. It's pretty massive. So uh, when you and I spoke last year, we predominantly talked about the most recent album, uh, Simplicity. It's been out over a year now. And uh, I was wondering about some of the response maybe to the album itself, uh, but also people have now gotten to hear the songs live more often. Uh, just sort of what people are saying to you and the rest of the guys when they, you know, now that they've had a lot of time to listen to the album, when they hear the songs, you know, dropped into the set list with some of the older uh, favorites. Well, you know, on this tour, we're not playing anything like that. Right. That's a little, that's, this is like Because we only play 40 minutes. So we play, you know, we don't even, we can't even, I'd say we play all the hits, but we don't because we don't even have enough time to play like what you give and, you know. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah. 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 So it's, it's like you got to throw every fastball you have. Um, but the general response to the album was, was really well. I mean, critically, you know, the critics liked it and, and the fan base, you know, it did, Pretty much the same amount as uh, Forevermore. Oh, great. You know, so, I mean, it wasn't like the sales dropped or anything. And, you know, it was five years later when people aren't actually buying as much uh, music as they were in 2008. So, the yeah. fact that it pretty much sold on par with that, the same, is cool, which means, you know, maybe it, it, it sold better if you were doing the percentages or whatever. But, you know, it's it's a solid, you know, I think people look at it and go, this is a solid, you know, Tesla record, but they kept the quality. Do you think that uh, a lot of people responded not just to the music, but there's the, the message in terms of the title simplicity and the lyrics in the first song, MP3, about, you know, or is it just more like, ah, they just like it, or is that overthinking it? That's overthinking. In my humble opinion, I think that's overthinking it. I think, you know, our fans are like, as long as you keep the quality up and you're true to who you are, you know, we're going to support it. And uh, that's kind of what I saw from it. You know, I mean, there's some really good songs on that record. Um, you know, and hindsight's always 20 20. You always think you can do better. You know, and, and I certainly think, you know, the next record will be even better. And, we'll, you know, every time we do one of these, we take something away from Floyd. We won't do this next time. Right. We will do this next time. It's the same. I mean, it's been 30 years of making records, you know. What can you do? You so, just keep swinging the bat. Yeah. As you think about that, is it any time soon that you might uh, get back in the studio, or are you just going to take a break after well, the tour? Well, I'll tell you what. Okay. You're the only one I'm telling this to, and don't hold me to it if it doesn't happen. Sure. But next year is Chester's 30th anniversary. So, in the works is the 30th anniversary uh, box set. Great. But I'm trying to sort out the good Look at folks. that. It's literally the next thing right. I want to ask you right. about. You see right there, right. box set. So, I'm trying to sort that out the good folks over at Universal Music. Sure. Own, uh, most of the back catalog from 95 backwards. I think we're going to be able to, to do this together. Oh, that'd be great. I had a conversation with them last week. And think you know it's it's closer than it's ever been the also the other thing that we're going to do is we're going to record tesla lock and we're recording we could be recording you never know when we're always recording mechanical resonance the whole album oh that'd be great no i'm not saying we're going to do like leopard did where they did a residency and played the whole series but there will be a live version of every song from that record in that order so it'd be like mechanical resonance coming at your eye yeah right maybe, and maybe that's going to be the title who knows it should be i, I was going to say that's a that's yeah. a great title and then we're talking about early next year going into the studio with phil collins from Def leopard oh wow and working on a couple of brand new songs with him producing with us and oh yeah and writing you know a couple of songs with us because uh phil's a pretty proactive in the Tesla campaign. He's really, you know, for whatever reason, he really likes us a lot. And, you know, we love him. And uh, 
said, well, we're going to the studio and do a couple songs together. Because he lives down here. We live up there in Sacramento. It's a flight. And yeah, it's not so, you know, far. maybe something will come to fruition out of that. And I think if that happens, then that will spark what will be the next studio record. Well, that'll be great. And, yeah. you know, it, it, as you mentioned, it will be the 30th anniversary of mm-hmm. the, the band and the first record. And you talked when we first started about the underdog and all that. It, it's crazy, you know, when you can be the underdog band that doesn't have the mainstream, but still around 30 years later, because I guess the people who mm-hmm. find the band like the band and, you know, they, stay, they, stay they stick around. Yeah, they stuck around. And, you know, I, I say that kind of half joking about I mean look we're very fortunate to still be here 30 years later and doing what we're doing and still you know selling a, a respectful records on our own label and still, which is no small feat no, these days no you know thing. selling any at all and on your own label when so I told the people at Universal last week how many records we sold of simplicity on our own level they, their jaw dropped wow. you know so uh, you know even they're not aware of it and they have a catalog they should be aware of <laughs> Um, but, um, so I wouldn't have it any other way. I, you know, if people said to me, you know, today, would you rather have, you know, that one big, huge album like Powerwing or Swift, Slippery and Red or Metallica or Black or than the way that you were and still be here today, I would have picked the hell it is. Yeah. Because, you know, we did sell millions of records. We just never had a big, big, you know, 10 million seller. The biggest was five man acoustic. I think we did three million. Right. Quietly. Yeah. Very quietly at the time. <laughs> Very quietly. We at sold the time. three million records. We were the number one video of the year. Number one played video on MTV that year and we didn't I wasn't expecting to win a VMA, but we weren't even asked to come. Yeah. So that shows you how under the radar Tesla has been, but they've always, you know, had this enormous loyal fan base that have always gone out and bought. Right, and the thing about the the video is, unless I'm mistaken, it's just you guys on stage, like from the show that the album is. You didn't add anything to it. No, no, yeah. I mean, and and the funny thing about that five minute is the jam record is that we 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 did those shows, and and I said to Peter Mitch, our our manager, so we should record one of these and film one just so we have it for the archives. Whatever, when we look back on this, never knowing or expecting that we would put this out and it would be the biggest record of our career. And uh, that show actually wasn't even the best show of those acoustics. Right, that one it was, was the, the worst one. one. That was the one in Philadelphia. Yeah, in there, yeah. And it literally was like the worst. Oh, that's it. We played the worst. <laughs> you know, I mean, like the one in New York was amazing. And there's a bootleg somewhere. You know, I think I have that. Is it, did Don Dawkins or somebody show yeah, up? Yeah, yeah, I have the bootleg for that. And I always remember, like, oh, this is good too. I, I don't have the, the thought that the what the show in Philly wasn't good, but I remember listening well, to no, the New York I, one. Again, like you said. But you're saying it's not even that good. It's it's the least technically proficient. Right. Or, we, yeah. No, it's the least. We, we were sloppier that night. And maybe that's what people loved about it, you know, was the rawness of it. Certainly, sonically, it's not like a masterpiece. Yeah. You know, but uh, it, it works because I think what it does is Tesla's no bullshit band, and it, it's no bullshit. You know, there's no overdubs. Jeff, that's all live. Jeff's, you know, didn't go and didn't want to fix any vocals or nothing. It was like, okay, this is this is live. And you know, a couple guys in the band didn't want to put it out. They thought it was too wrong. Oh wow, too un unrefined. And me and Jeff were like, no, we'll fucking put this out. This is cool, like you know, Aerosmith live bootleg, real raw. Right. Yeah. And and probably a lot of people like me initially uh, probably thought Signs was a Tesla song, and then you, you know, know they, it's they, a lot harder to have found out stuff like that back then. You know, you couldn't Google it, they, and then you find out a couple of years later, like, oh, that's not their song. No, no, people still to this day think it's our song. Sure, just like Little Susie's not our song. But right, I think that, that that's our song. So we we don't mind. I mean, maybe we'll find another song one day that'll be like that. Who knows? You know, I. I uh, here's a recommendation. Yummy, yummy, yummy. I got love in my tummy. I'm just saying, nobody's done a real rocking version. Uh, no. <laughs> hey, I just put it out there. It's all right. It's good. No. You, you, you're going to interview someone else later, right? Tomorrow or yeah, tomorrow. sure. Recommend that to them. I, I will. Rec- <laughs> I will definitely recommend. No, yummy, yummy, yummy. <laughs> What's next? Sugar, sugar. 
Well, I thought that was a given. I'm sorry. No, but, no. Uh, yeah, I don't know. And you know what? It's hard to to get rights to Archie's songs anyway. Yeah. Uh, well, in the final couple of minutes here, uh, we're literally steps away from the Sunset Strip, and uh, I was kind of curious. Because as you mentioned, uh, your band Tesla came up in Sacramento. Yeah. Was there any kind of a, a scene there? Because when you hear about the Sunset scene in the mid to late 80s, you hear the bands that would be playing on a given night, right. and the you know there's only so many people to come to your concert. So I feel like a lot of those bands probably upped their game because they're like, no, we have to be better than, or we have to try to be better than Dungeon Roses, or we have to be better than right. Poison or whoever. And was was there any kind of competition in Sacramento, or was there a supportive no. other? It was no. just you guys. Well, there was no scene whatsoever, really. I mean, there was a club scene when we first started where bands would play covers, like four sets of nine. Right, sure. And, uh, you know, we were the first band to go in there and do a 90-minute set of all originals and do a Friday and Saturday night. Oh, great. So, but that didn't really happened before us you know everyone was playing you know the, the current covers and they would play four 45 minute sets a night five nights a week and we kind of started out like that and then um which is why we were called city kid because it was at the time you know top 40 was lover boy and, Men oh, and, yeah. and all that, and that so we started out kind of as a pop band you know or that kind of a thing and then when we met Ronnie Montrose, he's like, well, you can go one or two ways. You can either be a rock band like Def Leppard yeah. or a rock pop band like Leopardboy. And so well, we want to be like Def Leppard. And, you know, four years later, we're on tour with him. Yeah. So that's a pretty funny story. We did Rock of Ages, Let It Go, oh, Saturday Night High and Dry, uh, we Photograph. We, we did a bunch of their songs. So it's funny. Just imagine if you had decided, like, no, 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 we got to do more uh, working for the weekend style stuff. I don't think we'd be sitting here talking. I, I, I definitely don't. I don't think, think it would have happened. I would probably be like saying, would you like to supersize that, sir? You know, the only job I ever had was after golf. Oh, really? Yeah, but I was the breakfast manager. So I was so, in the management. Ah, oh, the, the, the management of the, uh, the breakfast time. Yeah. But, uh, did they use uh, real eggs back then, or were absolutely? They... All right, see so there you I go. I don't know if they are now. Yeah, I actually have no idea. They did, didn't we? Did get cases of them. It's and, it's and so funny because it's like a different place at breakfast time, McDonald's, and I don't know how long they've had breakfast. I think since like the late seventies, yeah. and now finally next month they're gonna be like, all right, breakfast all day, and that's what I feel like people have wanted. Does it make it less special? You don't have to have an answer for that. That's more for the people. It's I'm like, a vegan now, so so McDonald's is not there's my spot. there's literally nothing you can have there. I think uh, French fries. Oh yeah, that's true. All right, so and they have the best fries. Yeah, it's but they're it, not good for your waist. They're definitely not good for you, but uh, they're the best place. Yeah. Well, Brian, I appreciate you, as I said, uh, taking time on an off day, you know, when you could be doing anything that you want, uh, but you're uh, spending some time talking to me. And uh, we've been talking to Brian Weed of Tesla, and the website is teslatheband.com, Tesla Live on Twitter, and, uh, you know, is it Tesla the Band on Facebook yeah, as well? Absolutely. And as we said, you know, for all your periscoping, uh, you're Brian T. Weed. Unless I'm mistaken. Yeah, Brian Kiefer, Thomas or Tesla. Thomas or Tesla. Right, yeah. I'm always on Periscope. You'll probably Periscope later today. We should have Periscope this whole this. thing. Well, we could do it, right? Hey, I'm here in L.A. Christian Blatt over here. Hi. Of the Dennis Miller Show and Blackcast. Live from the Sunset Marquee restaurant. Look at that. Look at us right now. There are 16 people in there right now. Already somebody said hi, Brian. Yeah, so we're... Uh, we're doing a little periscope here, and we're recording the interview for the Dennis Miller Show. Can I ask Troy about the 415 reunion video? Uh, I don't know nothing about that. But we're in, we're in uh, Chula Vista tomorrow. I know about that. Yeah. Um, uh, but, you know, Troy, uh, great show, Mountain. Yes, it was fantastic. Thank you so much. That was me. Okay. Look at this little heart. The hearts because people yeah, like, it. like it. All the right, stuff that just right. keeps coming up. Gone. And I'm showing them, you know, the little toy coming to Arizona. See? You are, you are yeah. coming to Arizona. Yeah. So you guys. Wednesday. Look, look, look. So look, we're, we're, we're doing this little recording for the show. When is this going to go on? Uh, I'm hoping to get this posted. It'll definitely be posted in the next couple of days. Probably not today because uh, I'll need to, yeah. you know, tweak it and edit it and stuff. So you guys can say that you saw the interview on Periscope before we we actually... Yeah, right. There we, we go. Before we, we did it. Yeah. Yay, that's right. 
Yeah, so uh, cool. Last night was cool. We were at the forum. You guys watched me drive up, and that was that was fantastic. It's like I didn't realize till today the same people that own Madison Square Garden. Yeah, they the own the forum now. And, yeah, they were part of the. It's pretty fucking cool people. I mean, they gave me this crate. They gave us all these crazy gifts, which are these huge bags with all this stuff in it. And they, they, these bags must have been three hundred dollar bags. I mean, they weren't like cheap little plastic bags. They were great. And the coolest thing, guys, is let me get over here. This is my better angle. Is Mikey and Ray Toro from My Chemical Romance came to the gig, and I got to hang out with them. And I told, I spent an hour telling them they need to get their band back together because Tesla once broke up. And all you needed was a break. And I'm working on that. Wouldn't that be cool one day? My Chemical Romance and Tesla. That'd be great. That'd be a great fucking show, yeah. right? You guys are the same great peeps as well. Hey, there me. you go. There you go. Loved your video with Eric. Yeah, I was on with Eric Martin the other day from Mr. Big. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, we want to have like a comedy show. Oh, that'd be great. I should show you this. You should join us. I will. I'll have see to. it. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, uh, you're all right. No, I no, we broke up before. We're not yeah, no, no, no. We, we tried that once. Yeah. We tried that once. It didn't work. I uh, know. I you know why I didn't scope at Shoreline because it's right by my house, and I had a hundred people call me that day wanting tickets, and I was I was a bundle of nerds, but the show was amazing. That's right. All right, TC. TC does all our web stuff. He's oh, cool. We're doing the Dennis Miller thing, TC. You should put it up. Uh, well, you'll be. This will be yeah, on the chest of website in about four seconds. DC, <laughs> as soon as he sees it, he's already it's up, <laughs> right? All right. Well, hey, people, I gotta go. Monique's in the hotel with Jackie, altering my clothes, and I'm going to the Foo Fighters tonight. Oh, that'd be great. Right. So say bye. Bye. Thanks for uh, periscoping with me. Tell everyone where the the interview. The easiest be. thing to do is uh, just follow at Blackcast B L A D T C A S T on Twitter, and uh, it'll be up in the next uh, day or so. You got that, folks? I hope so. I tell. I reveal a secret. It's true. It's a great secret too. So uh, you're gonna want to make sure you listen. See you in the hood. Thanks again to Brian Weed of Tesla for taking time out of his tour schedule on an off day again to talk to me. And uh, it was great to get the chance to chat with him again. And one more time, their website is teslatheband.com. You can follow them on Twitter and Facebook at Tesla Live. And Brian himself on Twitter and Periscope at Brian T. Wheat. Now, in our last episode, I was joined by our our pal, our tal pal, I was joined by our pal Sarah Ricard, the TV editor for Rotten Tomatoes. She and I gave our predictions for the Emmy Awards. We were spot on about a bunch of them. But when we were wrong, we were wrong. The interesting thing that I learned during the chat with Sarah, and theoretically you all learned it too, was that the process for voting had changed really extensively. And I think she and I, we were talking, I think I said that, you know, when 19,000 people can all vote in every category, that could be a good night for a truly popular genre show, something like Game of Thrones. And I was right. Unfortunately for the crowd that my wife Heather and I were at the Emmys with, the Mad Men gang, it looked good for fans of that show. But I am not a fan of that show. Uh, winning, winning an award, hey, that's great recognition. You've achieved something. But as our friend Agent Starling pointed out, just because Titanic won all those Oscars doesn't mean it was a great movie or even a good movie. But this could be great news if you look at it in the big picture, whether you're a fan of a show like Game of Thrones or not, because it has some critical acclaim, but it's not a critic's darling kind of show by any stretch of the imagination. It could really help something that, you know, look, it's too late for Battlestar Galactica. But a show like that in the future could actually get nominated or possibly even win, which I think would be great. I mean, I guess, look, at some point, these awards, I guess, reflect what people actually watch. And there's something to be said for that. And getting a show on there that uh, people really like or really respond to that maybe wouldn't get the attention. I think you can really help a show is basically what I'm saying. Something like Battlestar Galactica could have gotten a lot more of attention if the voting had been different at the time. So uh, I tend to see the glass half Galactica, as it were. So say we all. So Game of Thrones, uh, when supporting actor category, 
and writing and best drama for a fifth season that even fans of that show seem to feel is subpar. But look, they vote for the show because there's this intense fire that burns inside fans of Game of Thrones because they love dragons and they love Peter Dinklage. And look, Mad Men won four straight Best Drama Series awards. It's a great accomplishment. It's first four series right out of the gate. It did, however, have a truly great final season. And it was very disappointing to not even see it get the writing Emmy for that series finale. On one level, it feels kind of like giving Fast and Furious an Oscar because it made the most money in a year. But it's all right. Whatever, you know. That's what happened. I didn't actually work on the show. I was just disappointed for the people who had worked that hard. I know it would have meant a lot to them to get one more on the way out. And the uh, silver lining is that that cast is so overstuffed with actors, there were no lead actors or lead actress nominees. So that turned out to be great for John Hamm. So the night, not a total loss for Mad Men. John Hamm finally recognized his great portrayal of Don Draper on Mad Men. And he was consistent throughout the entire series. He was always great. He was great in the last season. Uh, very happy that he finally won. There were a few years where you thought that he would have won, but look, Cranston had that thing locked up. The year he should have won is the year that Kyle Chandler won for Friday Night Lights. But again, that's another one of those shows that people who love it, they have the fire in their belly. Now, that's something that they have in common with Game of Thrones fans. So I'm proposing here to my Black Cast listeners, perhaps a series about a high school football team of all dragons. Let me know what you think. Tweet me at B-L-A-D-T-C-A-S-T at Black Cast. And look, anybody who saw the acceptance speech that Uzo Aduba gave for winning Orange is New Black, you can't help but be moved by something like that. I can't imagine anybody else would have had anything to say as profound as that. And as host Andy Samberg pointed out at the beginning of the Oscar, actually, the Emmy telecast, I don't get to go to the Oscars. <laughs> Won't get to go to the Emmys anymore either. But uh, she won a comedy and drama award for playing the same character, which when you're a TV nerd, you love stuff like that. Ed Asner did it for Lou Grant as comedy Lou Grant from the Mary Tyler Moore show and drama Lou Grant on the drama Lou Grant. So I, I look, I like stuff like that. I don't know. It's just, it's kind of cool. Little footnotes, little historic things like that. You know, TV history is not as important as world history, but I'll tell you, I probably remember TV history a lot better. Uh, I was also happy for Allison Janney. She won supporting actress in a comedy for mom. I saw a couple episodes of that. I get it. She's good. But I realized pretty early on I am not a Chuck Lorre show kind of guy. So uh, they do well. They can continue. Much success to them. Success without me as a viewer. But, uh, you know, look, she's got a stack of of uh, Emmys for – I almost said Oscars again. That's you, you notice I stopped there. I was just like, whoa, whoa, you can't make that mistake twice. I wouldn't be allowed to live in Los Angeles anymore if more than once I mistook Oscars and Emmys. This is really important stuff. I know most of you don't feel like it's that big of a deal, but when you live in this town, you got to know the difference. But anyway, what I was going to say is like Uzo Aduba, she has a whole bunch of drama awards and she's got some comedy awards now. So she didn't do it for playing the same character. But I'm thinking if you're a fan of The West Wing, tell me you wouldn't tune into a sitcom with her – as C.J. Cragger character from The West Wing, and Timothy Busfield. I know I would tune in for that. Uh, on the whole, great night for stuff that I don't watch. Uh, great night for Game of Thrones. Also for Veep. And I know people love that show, and I perfectly, honestly admit that I did not give it a fair shake, probably. After two or three episodes of the first season, I was like, okay, I get it. I, I, I'm sort of done with this. Uh, one day I might go back and give it a chance, but Probably not, because there's just, as we talked about last week with Sarah, there's only so much time in the day, and I'm just trying to keep up with stuff that's on now that I that I know I want to see, not stuff that I need to convince myself I need to see. But uh, the writing was on the wall pretty early in the night for at least, I was going to say for those of us there, and by those of us, I mean my wife and I. I can't speak for anyone else, because we talked about it. It's like, okay, it's going to be a Veep Game of Thrones kind of night, and uh, that's really what it was. And man, whatever Olive Kittredge is, 
It must have been amazing because it won everything and then everything else. I feel like I should have watched it, but you read about it and then you're like, okay, there's probably a reason I didn't watch it in the first place. Probably a great show. I was very happy for Amy Schumer. This is a great time to be Amy Schumer. She's so funny. She at least gives the impression that she's real, whatever that means. You know, you feel like certainly not much of a uh, showbiz phony. Uh, her movie Trainwreck, by the way, was great. Uh, a friend of mine tried really hard to find Amy Schumer at the Governor's Ball after the Emmy Awards. Uh, unsuccessfully, but I did step in on Twitter trying to uh, get Amy Schumer's attention I was unsuccessful because uh, if you see things on the internet, you know that she was busy on the phone with her best friend, Jennifer Lawrence. Uh, anyway, none of the uh, awards-related goings-ons and the proceedings during the telecast took away from our enjoyment of the evening. We had a great time. I think Andy Samberg did fine. Wasn't anything groundbreaking. Very serviceable job. Very funny moments. Guy goes out there, he tells some jokes, gets some laughs. There were some good bits. And a couple of times he told bad jokes for the sake of bad jokes so that people would groan. And anybody who's anybody who knows me knows that that's right in my wheelhouse. The uh, moment at the end of the uh, Emmys, it did almost call them the Oscars again. I'm going to probably have to seek help for this, unfortunately. Uh, towards the end of the telecast, uh, Tracy Morgan came out. That was amazing. It was so good to see him. Glad to know that he's able to get out and about. And more than anything, I was so glad that he was making jokes about going to after parties and getting women pregnant. That was fantastic. And the whole night was really fantastic. You know, the awards are what the awards are. But, you know, it shouldn't be lost on anyone how much I appreciate, how stunned I am that my wife and I have gotten to go to the Emmy Awards four times. We cycled through all four of the networks. Well, all three of the networks and NBC. So, you know, we got to see all the different people who put on the show. And this year's was no less fun and special for us than any of the previous ones. It was probably a little bit more so because we know that we're not going to come back next year. And we took a lot of those moments where you kind of appreciate it. And, you know, maybe we do get to go back one day, but it, it's it's not going to be for a while. And if we end up there... It'll be because of her, because, uh, you know, radio guy doesn't get to really go to the Emmy Awards or the Oscars, but especially not the Oscars. But, uh, you know, so I'm just waiting for my wife to get on another great show, which I'm sure will happen. It's just going to be a matter of time and uh, we'll be excited to go again one day. But it was a thrill to get to go and it's fun you know I don't know I know a lot of people don't like these kind of award shows you see them on TV maybe you're not that excited about it I've always kind of enjoyed seeing them seeing what wins that sort of thing but uh, never really thought about getting to go until I've actually gotten to go a few times and it's fun I mean it's everything that I would want out of a night like that uh, there, there was a specific thing that I posted on Instagram which by the way like my Twitter is Christian DMZ this was the highlight for me the entire evening. Maybe, maybe I was going to say maybe even the whole year, but I did, I did uh, have – well, my wife did give birth to an adorable baby. So I guess it maybe let's just say it was the high point of the evening. But we were walking from the awards once they ended over to the governor's ball when a Japanese TV crew wanted to interview me. Now, this was fantastic. This is for something called Zap which I have a friend who lives in Tokyo. She did a little digging, and she tells me, News Zap on Sky Perfect TV, which is a bunch of words strung together in a way that only the Japanese can. News Zap on Sky Perfect TV. It's a specific cable system, apparently. So I don't know that she'll get to see it, but uh, she said she was going to look into it. Now, I get to talk to this Japanese film crew, and it's not really a problem. I, I don't have a problem talking to people about what I think about things. I mean, I'm here right now in my dining room talking to all of you, but realistically, it's just me. There's no one anywhere nearby. I'm not even connected remotely. I don't even have like Hausam on speakerphone. You know, Lorich isn't Skyping in. This is just me. So a Japanese film crew wants to talk to me. That's fine. But I could tell that I did it to myself. You know, they tell you like, don't make eye contact with a panhandler or something like that. 
Well, I looked at them. And I was stunned with just how very Japanese they looked. And if you look at my Instagram, you'll find the picture at Christian DMZ. And you'll see that it was hard to look away. So they pretty much right away asked if they could talk to me. I said, why not? They wanted to know what I thought of the awards. They said I was glad that John Hamm finally won. My favorite moment, the aforementioned Tracy Morgan appearance. And I thought something different should have won for best drama. I said it was Mad Men because it's a great show. Not, you know. Well, my wife worked there, so it should have won. But because it was a great show. Anyway, so it was fun. I got some great photos from that little run-in with the gang from Zap. Sorry, News Zap on Sky Perfect TV. And uh, everybody that we were with all took pictures of it on their phone. So throughout the night, I was getting texted to me just slight variations on each of the pictures. Uh, like slight variation on each of the one picture. I'm trying to sound much more clever than I am. Slight variations on on the same picture and uh, different angles. So that was a very heavily covered moment, I'd like to say. Me over there uh, with the gang from New Zap on Sky Perfect TV. I just like to say it. I just like to string it all together, you know. It's like the nude house of wacky people. It's not up there with Mr. Sparkle, but it's close. Uh, anyway, so that was fun. And yeah, like I said, people kept sending pictures of that to me as the, the night went on. Now, when I was talking to Brian Wheat a little earlier in this very black cast, uh, I mentioned how I got to go to the governor's ball and that it was fantastic. This year, I found it to be much more tasteful than last year. It's all these like crazy, like lasers and weird decorations from the ceiling. It's got some like dark mood lighting, but last year, you felt like you walked in on open pole night at the strip club next door to Jabba's Palace. This year, it was more of an upscale Vegas-style nightclub in Moss Eisley. And yes, I can only quantify evening entertainment for what I imagine it's like in the Star Wars universe. Look, that's the world I feel like we should all live in, okay? So that's how I quantify it. But anyway, Governor's Ball is fantastic. It's a great you know, just an exorbitant, ridiculous Hollywood party, the kind that I've gotten to go to twice now, the governor's ball. I think even if I go to the Emmys again, I might not get to go to the governor's ball. So I was really glad I got to go. Wolfgang Puck puts together a specific menu just for the night. And like I said, we, we've only been able to go the last couple of years because it worked out. AMC had a couple extra tickets. So it's great. We get to have all this fancy food. And as I mentioned, when I was talking to Brian, we, there's a performance by Andrew Bocelli, and it was amazing. Not that I go out of my way to see this this cat perform, but it was like, okay, here he is. And, uh, you know, I'm going to go on record. I'm going to be the first one to say, that dude is talented. Uh, there was also a chocolate bar, which is not to say that there was a communal Kit Kat that got passed around. But like a bar where you order drinks, but, oh, this was chocolate. Fancy Pants Chocolates. They put them together in these little boxes. It was a place, I made a note of this, called Cellar Door Chocolates in Louisville, Kentucky, which tells you what a big deal it is to get to be the official chocolatier of the Governor's Ball, that uh, they came from Louisville, which is great. So these awards, these Emmy Awards, not Oscars, that's right, I've finally gotten it into my head. These Emmy Awards end around 8 o'clock. We're at the Governor's Ball until about 10, at which point, you know, we're heading to the car, and I'm like, whew. I am very, very tired, but it's 10 o'clock, and when, like us, you have a less than two-month-old, 10 o'clock definitely feels like 2, maybe even 3 a.m., but there was another party we needed to go to, an AMC after party. We headed over there, and as we pulled up, I said to Heather, look, I got maybe an hour in me, but hey, you know us. We're party people. So after a little bit more than two hours, we finally decided that we should go home. We got to talk to the people we wanted to see and uh, made the rounds, all that. Uh, the worst part of the entire evening, apart from the Dragon Show winning so many Emmys, was that I was so full from this great Wolfgang Puck dinner that at the AMC party, I couldn't eat anything else. I had to pass up so many delicious-looking sliders it hurts me now to think back on all those sliders that were eaten by other people, not me. Not to mention the other food, but the sliders in particular. Now, 
My wife and I would not have been able to have a night like that if it weren't for Heather's parents, who were so generous with their time. I really appreciate it. They got to our house around noon and left about 1 a.m. So we really appreciate that, and uh, it's, it's great. to you know My family does not live close. The fact that Heather's does makes things like this possible, so it's fantastic. We really appreciate it. Now, of course, their motives, you know, they're not entirely selfless when you consider that they got lots and lots of times with their adorable grandson, the one and only Felix the Blatt. But uh, it was a great night. We really had fun. And, you know, like I said, we wouldn't have been able to if Heather's parents didn't hunker down with our little man. Anyway, so here we are about, uh, let's see, about 18 minutes in of me talking by myself, sitting here in my dining room. What do you guys think? Are you all right with this kind of presentation for the Black Cast? Just me without the guys? Don't worry. This is not to say that I would turn this into a regular, you know, this would be the weekly Black Cast. But there have been plenty of times where we just can't get all the guys together. Logistically, there are a bunch of problems that are posed. So I have thought of doing this before. I just didn't know what kind of interest there would be in hearing me share my thoughts or recount some of my stories. I decided to give it a give it a whirl this week because, one, I had the interview and I didn't want to just post the interview by itself. I thought it would be useful to actually have an entire Blackcast episode with the interview as the centerpiece. But at the same time, I had a pretty interesting week where I got to go to the Emmy Awards. And as I said, that we wanted to kind of tidy that up after we had Sarah on last week. Well, let me know what you think. You can tweet at Christian DMZ, tweet at Blackcast. And if I remember that I'm saying right now, like, hey, I should do this, maybe I will do it. Uh, I can go on Facebook, create a thread. By the way, on Facebook, all you need to do is like The Blackcast, B-L-A-D-T-C-A-S-T. And uh, I can ask what you guys think. And just be honest, if you're like, hey, I miss the guys too much, I'd rather have no Blackcast than an all-black Blackcast. That's all right. But uh, just kind of wondering how interested you guys would be in uh, hearing more segments like this in the future, only when necessary. I'll uh, probably be able to work out technological things like getting people on Skype or if, if I have to go super low tech, maybe I could just put on my, my uh, cell phone on speaker or something like that. Uh, anyway, before we close things up here on this Blackcast, I want to talk about another really cool thing I got to do last week. So last Wednesday, I got to go see The Hollywood Vampires. Now let me explain what The Hollywood Vampires is all about. Historically, it was this group of rock stars that would get ridiculously blackout, forget everything for a weekend, uh, you know, just so drunk. They'd carouse and cavort around the Sunset Strip. Uh, Alice Cooper, kind of the, the prime Hollywood vampire. He'd hang out with guys like Jim Morrison, John Lennon, and so many more. You can, you can Google it if you really want to know who else the Hollywood vampires were. Uh, Alice is long since sober, and unfortunately a lot of the uh, vampires are long since dead. But uh, the spirit of this kind of exists with this modern-day Hollywood vampires. Uh, if anybody has seen Alice, Alice Cooper at a solo show, not, not his opening for Motley Crue because it's not part of the set because it's much shorter. But over the past few years, he's done this whole section in a graveyard of cover songs where he pays tribute to his quote – dead drunk friends and my guess is going to be that this grew out of that uh anyway the hollywood vampires have a great new album that came out earlier this month i, I really recommend it lots of guest appearances including sir paul mccartney he does vocals on if you want it which as gene and philly would tell you and is probably telling someone as i say this he wrote this song for the band Badfinger that was on Apple Records. And uh, it's a song that you probably know uh, if you hear it. Uh, again, you can Google it. But the, the vampires themselves are Alice Cooper, Joe Perry from Aerosmith. So I'm already there. That's fine. Uh, you know, Alice Cooper, Joe Perry. They could just sit on stools and tell stories and joke and play guitar. I, I would go anyway. I'd spend 50 bucks on that. No problem. Uh, but the band also includes Duff McKagan of Guns N' Roses, Matt Sorum of Guns N' Roses, the good drummer from Guns N' Roses, uh, and Johnny Depp. Yep. That guy. Johnny Depp. And look, I'm no music musician. I'm not a magician either, nor a magician's apprentice. But Johnny Depp seems to know what he's doing on rhythm guitar. I mean, he's up there alongside Joe Perry at times. 
Felt like he knew what he was doing. Somebody else listening might have been like, oh, that Johnny Deppy hurts my ears. But uh, it seemed kind of – and it's kind of cool. He was into it. I'll tell you that. So Hollywood Vampires booked to perform at Rock in Rio. Huge festival in Rio de Janeiro. It's actually – I think they're performing – uh, Thursday, so probably the day that this is posted, they're performing in Rio. And I, my understanding is that before they did that show, they wanted to do a couple warm-up shows because you don't want to kind of figure things out for the first time in front of a crowd of like I don't know, 150,000. I forget how big the turnout is for Rock and Rio, but it's insane. So they decided to do a couple warm-up shows. Fortunately for me, they decided to do them in Los Angeles. And they booked a couple dates at the Roxy on the Sunset Strip here in Los Angeles, just a few doors down from the Whiskey A Go-Go, where the guys and I always go for World's Greatest Tribute Bands. So this is great. This is really cool, but it's also a mixed blessing because this place is tiny. Maybe it holds 500 people. As you'd imagine, tickets were hard to come by. But uh, I was lucky enough to buy one when they went on sale at 10 a.m. And I really think the fact that I only bought one is why I was able to get it. It's, you know, other people are probably all looking for two at the same time. It's like one, oh, that's easy. Uh, I'm just, you know, sort of trying to get inside the mind of the computer that uh, determines all of this. So I get it. Great. And then I'm like, all right, well, let me see if I can get a ticket for the second night. By the time I looked for the ticket for the second night, both nights were already completely sold out. This was at 10.01 a.m. So uh, in the space of less than a minute, uh, both nights sold out. So... I knew that I was going to get to see something really cool. I also could tell from that minute, that one minute that I spent, that I was really lucky that I was going to get the chance to go to this. So I was ready for something really cool, and this did not disappoint. It was great. There was a fantastic set list, much of it made up of songs from the album, and there were all sorts of guests. And I'm going to tell you all about it. Uh, there are actually a bunch of uh, YouTube clips that you can find that uh, people posted. I think Rolling Stone posted a very detailed review and also some video. So you can kind of see some of this stuff. But uh, I'll tell you a little bit about it because I was there. So uh, there was uh, My Generation by The Who, the spirit song I Got a Line on You, which Alice actually covered once before, for the soundtrack to Not Iron Eagle. Oh, no. Iron Eagle 2. Uh, John Lennon's Cold Turkey, and there was a cool two-song medley f uh, from the doors, five to one and break on through. And then the guests started to show up. So they do Hendrix's Manic Depression. Tom Morello, Rage Against the Machine, comes out. Geezer Butler, now at this point, aptly named Geezer Butler of Black Sabbath. They're both out on stage for that. Uh, Harry Nilsson's Jump Into the Fire. Perry Farrell of Jane's Addiction did lead vocals. It was very cool because, uh, you know, when I was in high school and had kind of gotten, you know, maybe a little too cool for uh, some of the hard rock bands that, that I had loved just a year earlier, uh, I was a huge Jane's Addiction fan. Still think they're a great band, but, you know, it became like, oh, that's much cooler to like. Let me let me put Ritual De Lo Habitual in, in front of uh, Kiss's Revenge or whatever. But uh, so that was really cool. Uh, Alice also did this song, Seven and Seven Is, which is by the band Love. And I was probably more excited for that than seeing any of the guests or any of the cool covers because Alice did that on a very obscure, poorly selling album of his from 1981 called Special Forces. So I was really excited to see him do that live because you just figure, well, that's not something I'm ever going to see. Um, a couple of our black cast friends, Agent Starling and Liev, were very disappointed to find out that their girl was there. Mm-hmm. No, not, not Sarah DMZ. Kesha! Kesha was there, and she handled the really high notes on Led Zeppelin's Whole Lot of Love. And it was great. She She's really cool. This is actually the second time that I've seen Kesha perform with Alice Cooper. She joined him on stage at this tiny show he did at the Whiskey back in 2011. I'm not even a Kesha fan, and I've seen her more often than Liev, and two more times than Agent Starling. Better luck next time, William. But uh, there was a – oh, so anyway, so let me just uh, finish it up. Uh, after that, they do this uh, T-Rex song, Jeepster, and then a cover of The Who's I'm a Boy with – Zach Starkey, that's right, son of Ringo. I think that's what he should legally change his name to, Zach Starkey, but what do I know? Uh, and that was a, kind of the end of the, the main part of the show. 
right after that, actually, because they do this kind of cool mashup of Alice's School's Out with Pink Floyd's Another Brick in the Wall. And all the vampires were out, uh, including Perry Farrell, Kesha, Tom Morello's ex Darkey. Uh, I, I have a vague recollection that Geezer Butler was still there, but he might have left. Look, he's, he's, his name's Geezer. You can't expect him to stay out too late. Uh, the encore included Alice's Billion Dollar Babies. Train kept a rolling. This is what I'm talking about. Alice, Cooper, and Joe Perry doing Train kept a rolling. That's all I would have needed to see for my $50. The two of them sitting on stools doing Train kept a rolling. Thank you. Good night. That would have been fantastic. That was one of the coolest things that I saw that night too. And uh, the band was done, but then they uh, kind of convinced themselves <laughs> to do another song, a rousing rendition of Brown Sugar. So I didn't get to go to the second night. Uh, the only real difference was that Marilyn Manson joined Alice on stage for his song, uh, I'm 18. Can't really say I'm crushed that I missed that. I'm all right with getting to go just to one night. And uh, it was it was great. It was really cool. So much fun. I feel really lucky that I got to go to something like that. And it was just kind of a fun night. I was very excited. It was posting online. I think a lot of you liked. And, you know, if it was on Instagram, you hearted my pictures. And uh, so I just wanted to kind of give a more thorough explanation here on the Blackcast. And, look, people were selling their tickets for $500 online. And I think out in front of the door, I, I heard much higher prices. So the fact that I got a ticket through legitimate means, that that was fantastic. And I consider myself to be very fortunate to get to go to stuff like that, to get to go to the Emmys. And look, I have an amazing wife, stunningly cute baby, little little Felix. And that's right. I get to hang out with all of you and do the black cast. So look, no complaints here. Anyway, uh, I hope you guys enjoyed this kind of departure for the black cast. It's not a... It's not really a departure because that would imply that uh, this was the beginning of me sitting in my dining room talking by myself. Uh, This was just sort of – we veered off, but uh, we'll get back down to it next – well, I don't want to say next week in case it's not next week, but next time. Blackcast 136 should have the entire – wait, this is Blackcast 136. Blackcast 137 should have the entire gang. Uh, But, uh, you know, so to keep – up with us keep tabs of what's going on make sure to follow at blackcast on twitter like the blackcast on facebook and of course always remember you just need to bookmark blackcast.com you can keep up to date with all of us and you have my solemn vow that next time it'll be more than just little old me so we'll all see all of you next time on the blackcast